Welcome, everybody. We are so excited that you could join us here at Victory Life Church online for the Victory Life Church Jubilee Digital Family Conference. My name is Pastor Craig, and I'm really excited to be joined today by Danny Mackey. It's good to have you with us in the studio. Thank you very much. We are really excited about what's going to be happening over the next couple of hours as we have been blessed here at Victory Life Church to be uh, blessed with so many great speakers on the subject of family, marriage, children, prayer, and all things that we know God holds very dear to his heart. I know, I don't know about you, but when I read that first section of scripture, when God made a man and gave him a mission statement, it involved yes. marriage and it involved children. And hey, we're going to be covering both of those today. Now, you might be sitting at home today going, wow, I don't have that many marital issues. I don't even have children. I'm not married. This Is this for me? Well, let me tell you something. We have been called to share the gospel, not just consume the gospel. So this is a great opportunity for you to invite share, click on whatever you need to, to get people that you know who would benefit from this kind of content to be online. It is really exciting that digital church and digital groups like this one can uh, be shared so easily and so readily. It's uh, it's an exciting time to be able to be part of the church. Yes, absolutely. And also we have um, Amber New, we have your beautiful wife, Leanne Smee, and Sarah Lewis over here, they're collecting questions today. And I wanna make sure that you get your questions in because Pastor Lee and Pastor Terry, they have set aside time to answer your questions today. And so if you have any questions about any of these topics, the finances, teaching your kids to pray, um, about your marriage, anything like that, even if it's asking for a friend, that's fine too, that we accept those kinds of questions. So go ahead and get your questions in. And Pastor Craig and I, we will talk to Pastor Lee and Pastor Terry um, and get your questions answered for you. That's awesome, that's awesome. So hey, get your questions in. We've got some sessions that are, are right the way through the morning that are gonna benefit you and hone your skills as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, hey, even as a son and a daughter in the house. So hey, we are just really blessed. If it's important to God, I think it's important to us. Let's commit this time in prayer. Father, we just thank you for every single family member that is going to receive some direction from you during this conference. Father, thank you for the speakers that they have been preparing with hearts wide open to hear from you so that you can share a word that is timeless and correct for every situation. And that, Father God, that word will, will be received. We just love the fact that you can be so practical with us, so direct with us and guide us and lead us into something that we know you hold dear. Father, may every seed fall on fertile soil and because of families and the importance thereof, may those seeds take root and may we change our hearts and our minds towards our behavior and our activity in the family unit. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Well, set us up. What's first? All right. Why fight for marriage? I mean, this is going to be really good. So it's going to be Pastor one. Terry and Pastor Lee. Let's go. Thank you so much. We at Victory have heard a message about tectonic shifts, and there are seven of those in the entire world. Well, there's actually only seven battles that we fight as Christians, and those battles are about government, God, arts and entertainment, media, education, business or finances, and family. And the interesting thing is the original battle was over marriage, husband and wife. That's where the enemy got his way in to divide, to get God out of the picture. Any relationship we have is stronger when we have God involved in it. And I'm 
looked at, there's uh, some visuals that God has showed me that really helps me with marriage and relationships. And one of those is the threefold cord mm-hmm. spoken of in Ecclesiastes. But we have this tendency to think of a threefold cord of all the windings being the same diameter. But when it comes to marriage, God is a steel cable and we're a spider wire, <laughs> but we're bound together. We're knit together. Right. And then there's the analogy of the triangle and there's the husband and the wife. And at the top is God. And the closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. That's so good. That's really good. You know, we're talking today about why we fight for our marriage. And and a couple of things came to mind as, as we're preparing for that. One for me was from Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The word says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And Genesis 2, 24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and this is what I heard, and be joined to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. So there is a, it's a fight for our marriage. And why? Because our marriage is attack, not only without, but many times within. And so to know what is going on in this whole process, I think is really cool. And to know that we really should be that, that three-stranded cord you're talking about, Pastor. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, when you, when you get away from original purpose and original design, um, you start seeing things go askew really, really quickly. Right. It, it's so important that we don't forget the original purpose of marriage, the original design of marriage. Because one of the things I have found about us as a people, as human beings, when we lose the purpose of a thing, we will misunderstand it, misjudge it, misuse mm-hmm. it. And honestly, I've looked at history. When we forget the purpose of a thing, we will replace it with pleasure. It's interesting when we look at um, something like even Christmas, If you forget the original design for Christmas and what we were actually celebrating, Mm -hmm. the birth of Jesus, when you forget that and you don't share it, you replace it with um, candy and gifts and pleasure. Right. When you forget the purpose of Easter, celebrating the resurrection of the Lord, you replace it with crazy stuff like bunnies and eggs. (laughs) Yeah. When the world forgets the purpose of marriage— we replace it with pleasures, the things that every man does what's right in his own eyes. And the original purpose of marriage, Pastor Dwayne has a great teaching on that. I would encourage you to ask for that, to get that, to download that. But some of the original purposes were procreation, Mm -hmm. um, sexual pleasure to keep us from sexual perversion, Mm -hmm. companionship, and on and on it goes. But when you forget the original purpose you abuse marriage. And that's what we're seeing happening is we're, we're misusing, misjudging, misappropriating because we have forgot the original uh, purpose. Yeah. I, I heard a, a commercial the other day and I was thinking how, how subtle this message is. And it was actually about um, um, what love shouldn't hide. And it was the promotion of gay marriage, lesbian marriage, transgender, mm-hmm. all these things. Love shouldn't have to hide is how it's promoted. But the only thing being hid today is truth. It's not love. And the crazy thing is, is that um, love is not the dominating factor here because the thief loves stealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't make stealing right. 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 The the guy that's, uh, if he's not stealing, maybe he's a drug addict. The drug addict, he loves drugs. 
Procreation actually trumps all the other things that we're, that we're hearing. Because if only two of those things are on the earth at one time and there's no others, if it's just one man and one woman, they don't have to love each other. They have to procreate to, to, to promote the species. Mm-hmm. That's how important that is. Right. And so we're hearing this thing that's promoted as love, but it's thrown out common sense and truth because yeah. we have left the original purpose, the yeah. original design. Right. You know, and, and speaking into that for just a little bit, because there is a difference in purpose versus design like we're talking about. And as I was thinking through, what are the components when we talk about the design of marriage from Genesis? And I thought of three words. I thought of the word companionship. I thought of the word relationship. And I thought of the word security. In companionship and design of the marriage, it it's to answer the, the question concerning isolation. Yes. And if you remember in Genesis, the word was, it's not good for man to be alone. That's right. So how do we answer that question? The way God answered it was by companionship. The second word that he gave was about relationship. And relationship is talking about that we feel and that we experience that of the marriage relationship. It's not just all intellect. It's not just all logic. It's not just all those conversations, but, but we need to have that experience of the yeah. relationship that we have with each other. And then the, the third part of design is talking about security. And one of the things that was designed in Genesis was that it should be longevity. It should be for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's not just for a moment. And when we get in situations where we're fighting for a marriage, what is the first thing that comes under attack? Do you love me? Are you going to be with me? I'm done. All those kind of words. So there needs to be this understanding. Those are attacks by the design of the marriage. Absolutely. Um, You're talking about companionship and relationship and not being good to be alone. Um, We get weird when we're alone. (laughs) We We don't get better. Nobody gets better in isolation. And God puts people in our life to help us view life in its wholeness. Right. If it was just men... Um, we wouldn't have any makeup. We uh, every every store would be a Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> we need the other viewpoint to see life the way the way God intended for us to see it. Right. So this again, the why is so so important, and it's not overstated to to realize that marriage is so important because our very existence as human beings is connected to our understanding of marriage. There are so many things reflected in the marriage relationship that if you lose that, we begin to get, again, off course. Mm -hmm. The marriage was to reflect Christ and the church. Right. And when when it gets messed up, it messes up the, the view of church and God and how God sees that. So it's really, really important again. And I'm going to say this, and it's rather bold, but if anybody knows me, that's kind of the way I am. Um, I love homosexuals and lesbians more than they love themselves. And I'll tell you why. Because I know there is no way for them to procreate. Right. If you take all the males and put them on an island who believe I'm in love with another male and all the women who say I love women and you put them on an island, they will cease to exist within one generation. Right. Procreation overrides that. It says, listen, you will not make it if it's not male and female. Right. So our very existence as human beings is connected to this purpose of procreation and and marriage. We also fight for our marriages because we're generational thinkers. Yes. Part of what we need to look at is the fact that 
I love my children and my children's children enough that if we don't fight for marriage, they don't get a good view of marriage. And so it affects their marriage and then it affects the marriage after them. So part of the reason we fight for our marriage is for our kids' sake and for our grandkids' sake and for our world's sake to see the reflection of Christ and the church. If we don't fight for marriage, no one will. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you've seen how far they've gone while we're saying no. Imagine what would happen if there wasn't a church here to be opposed to some mm-hmm. of the direction we're going. That's right. So if we don't fight for marriage, nobody will fight for marriage. And part of the just the simplistic way to fight for your marriage is to be transformed by Jesus. Amen. I mean, I don't know any marriage that wouldn't be better if we looked more like Jesus instead of more like broken human beings. Yeah. So that fight starts with us just letting God change us and give us a heart for our mate. Right. That is so good. I was thinking about the next generation statement and it, it triggered something. I remember I don't remember who, who had the quote, but this is something that they said. Listen to this. Satan is always trying to teach or change the next generation's language by changing the meaning of words. And Satan is also attacking the literature by changing what the founding fathers meant. I know what was said, but what did they really mean? So to understand that's part of the fight of marriage that's going on also, as we're talking about, it's not just just our marriage that we're talking about, but it's a next generation's marriage. And so when when things come under the attack of the design is getting messed up by the things we're talking about, then you have to see the, the door, the avenue that that opens for, for Satan to come in to attack. Yeah. So we have to be mindful of those things as well. Very good. I love the changing of language, the changing of words. Have you noticed it's called the new normal and not the new natural? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it was natural, you wouldn't need injections right. to change. If it was natural, you wouldn't need surgery. I had an individual tell me one time about some frogs and some worms that when it's all males or it's all females, one of them will change. And they said, see there, it's natural. So I said, okay, I'll watch. Go ahead. And of course, they didn't think it was funny, but... We're changing the language to a new normal, right. but there is no new natural. Whatever is natural has to procreate. Right. And there's a real danger when you realize if you can't procreate, you're going to have to get kids from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that that is an avenue that's, I don't even want to go into that's now, but yeah. that's that's the language change. L- let, me, let me tell you a, a part of the battle, part of the thing we're endeavoring to do here is in Ephesians 4, The Bible says that we endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And what marriage really is, is you and I endeavoring to keep what we already have. Let what God put together, let no man put asunder. And so we spend our marriage relationship trying to keep what we already have. And that's unity. We've been put together. And God said, don't let anything separate that. And marriage is that process of trying to keep that unity. And it's amazing to me that um, the very things that draw us together Mm -hmm. begin to push us apart within the marriage relationship. Our differences begin to wear on one another. So you have to strive to keep that unity because the world and the enemy and our own brokenness is trying to war against that, against that unity. Marriage is the best way to demonstrate the love of God for one another. You know, the Bible says there's no greater love than that we would give our life for somebody else. Right. Marriage is the process of dying to yourself. 
So for a lot of people, marriage is a slow, painful death yeah. because of pride, because of their own brokenness. And we endeavor to keep what God has already, already given us. Here, here's, the, here's something I really want to get into and, and lay a, a foundation for. In Romans chapter 1, verse 21, there is this principle, and it says this, When they knew God... They neither glorified him as God, neither were they thankful. Mm -hmm. And then they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. I think this is the one of the greatest battles that we don't even know is a battle. And that's that we forget the importance of our mate. We begin to take them for granted. Here's the principle. Once you won't acknowledge something for what it is, you become unthankful. That's the next step. Mm -hmm. And when we forget, when we no longer call our mate a good thing, when we no longer stand in awe of our husband, which what the word respect means to stand in awe of, right. when we won't call them what God calls them, the very next step in that is we become unthankful. Mm -hmm. We forget to be thankful for our spouse. You need to be thankful that somebody would put up with you. <laughs> That's the bottom line. You need to be grateful for your husband. You need to be grateful for your wife. You need to be thankful. And the first step to being unthankful is to stop recognizing them for what God called them. God called the wife a good thing. He called the husband something to be in awe of. And when we stop being the, the voice of God in that, we stop recognizing who they are, the next step is we're not thankful. Right. And we stop taking them for granted. I, I want to ask you, when's the last time, husbands, you thanked your wife for a great meal? When's the last time you thanked her for doing laundry and doing the dishes Wives, when's the last time you thanked your husband for just being a good worker, getting up every day and going to a job every day, day after day? When we forget who God says they are, our next step is being unthankful. And that's a battle many marriages lose every day. And they don't even realize. The wife will say it this way. He just takes me for granted. What the husband says is she doesn't respect me. And both conversations are true. But it's because we first stop calling them what God called them, mm -hmm. a good thing and something to be in awe of. And then the next step was we stopped being thankful, yeah. just being grateful for yeah. who they are. You know, and, and I hope we're getting the tools. We're kind of putting some tools on your tool belt. Uh, guys, especially what you just heard Pastor Lee say was we need to be thankful for our wives. And I want to introduce another tool when he talked about we're endeavoring to keep the unity and the bond of peace. What is, some of the, what is a tool that we can use to help in our marriage that comes under attack and we're fighting for it? And so I know it's, an, it's not a real popular term, but it's just a true term, <laughs> is the word submission. Yes. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. And so the word that I hear in that, Pastor Lee, is the word a directional submission, yeah. that the wives are intentionally directing that to the husbands, like you're talking about. The husband is directly, he's, in, he's pointing thankfulness. I want to be grateful and thankful for you. 
Uh, and it causes this submission to be a part that we're, why? Because we're endeavoring to keep the unity. Yeah. We're endeavoring to keep something to keep our marriage intact. And it's not this fighting thing, <laughs> but we're trying to raise a, a flag of, hey, let's walk in unity. And the second word is the word about mutual submission. So it, it lands better with a tool belt if it's not just you get the hammer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it gets to be that we both get to work on these things. And so um, in the word in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So how do we walk in submission to each other? Yeah. It's also that we're walking in the fear of God. It's walking in, in submitting to our Lord first. Then out of that, we can walk in the submission to one another as well. That's so, so good. Ephesians 5, everybody ought to read that on a regular basis because that submission thing works best when we do it the way God told us to do it. When you look in Ephesians, he tells the husbands four times to love their wives. He tells the wives twice to submit to their husbands. So mm -hmm. if we love them twice as much, as we're asking them to submit, we, we're got, fighting. We, got, we, got, <laughs> we got no no issues. Amen. So I'd, I'd like to, to kind of get to the place of answering questions. And uh, I want to just leave you with this thought. Marriage is the process of going from my way, which is actually the way we start marriage. Mm -hmm. I want my way. Right. To our way, husband and wife, to Yahweh. Oh, that's which good. Is God's way of, of a marriage relationship. Yeah, God's way. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what questions we might have. Pastor Craig, I know you're uh, listening to the heart of people here and they've sent in some questions. Is there something that people have asked that we can, we can address? I'm just, uh, first of all, thank you guys so much for that information. I think in a time like this where we're getting so many um, practical things and things that we got to do, we got to wear a mask here and put this <laughs> here and wipe our hands there. Um, it's, it's good to get practical around the things that, uh, that we, 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 we need to be practical around. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's the gist of a couple of questions that's already come in and, and, and maybe you can, can help us a little bit. But before we start that, I know right now, guys, on the stream, this might look like a bit of a bad Jackie Chang movie with the lip sync being out of the translation <laughs> of the voice of our lips. We are working on it. We are getting there and uh, we'll we'll make sure that uh, that, that gets better. But um, the, the the essence of, of the question, a couple of questions that have come in, it, it, re it really relates to how do I really practically work out some of these things in the face of some serious marital challenges? Yeah. So, for example, one of the questions is that my spouse is, has been is cheating on me multiple times. Yeah. We keep addressing it. We keep walking it through. What's my recourse? What can I do? Mm. What should I do um, if uh, if that's been happening? Maybe I can throw that to you, possibly. Yeah. Why don't we pick a hard one next time? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this is one of those issues that is very, very difficult to answer because there is no one answer fits all. We're talking about individual people and we're talking, maybe there's drugs involved, maybe there's alcohol involved, maybe there's uh, previous things that were done uh, that created a mindset that this is okay. I will say this, um, all marriages work out better when we work on our communication skills. I mean, something is not right in their communications. Right. And for, for an individual to be looking for love outside of the marriage relationship is actually a cry to say something I'm needing is not being met here. Now, there's the other side of that where this person could just be selfish. Right. And they want their cake and eat it, too. And you don't you don't get to do marriage that way. Right. right. And so 
those are areas where we, you really need to sit down with somebody and find out what's the history, what's what's causing these right. kind of responses, and to trust God. That's that's why we have to have God in the middle of of these cons of conversations because without God we're going to be selfish and we want what we want and we're going to blame instead of truly hearing the heart of the individual right now I would almost bet this person who's being unfaithful would blow a gasket if it was the other way around wow that's good right yeah so one of the things that I when I'm helping people through these things I try to bring that to their to their mindset that what if this other person responded this way? Would you feel good about it? Would you feel okay? How would you feel about yourself and your self-esteem? And a lot of times I watch the light go on because they've only looked at it from their point of view and they've never stepped in the shoes of right. the person that they're hurting. Right, right, right. What are your thoughts, Pastor Terry? Well, and I think with talking about the point of view part, my, my original thought was then we're so trying to work on our marriages, but we try to do it in the eyes of how do I fix this other person? Right. And the truth is you can't fix the other person. That's right. right. Only one you can fix is you. And you Amen. really can't do That's that good. without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's good. That's and, really good. And, and just on that point, uh, quick shout out to uh, to Ellie and, and Stuart. Hey, guys, all the way from Scotland. Uh, Ellie and Stuart say they've been married for 35 years. Awesome. Um, but it's only since that they really gave their lives to, to Jesus only six years ago. Oh, wow. Did they see that, that their marriages began to blossom. Um, and it's because they have been bound together through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, I think it's it's so important to remember that that you know it's the Holy Spirit's job to change a person's trajectory mm-hmm. in his heart and mm-hmm. it's their heart. It's not it's not necessarily necessarily ours. Right. Um, some other questions that uh, I, I've, if you think that was the hard one, possibly <laughs> wait, I've got some more up my sleeve here. Um, but but um, really, just thinking through um, that in the same token of. How do I apply, and this is being asked, how do I apply these principles um, when my husband doesn't believe in God? How, how do oh, I work man. through that? How do I, how yeah. do I, or my wife doesn't believe in God? How does that work? Yeah, I, that's a great, great question. And I think Pastor Terry mentioned that in his message that the husband or the other spouse can be won over by our walk with the Lord. Right. We can't change another person. But what I have found is if people will live for the Lord the right way, it'll naturally draw that other person to want to change. Right. I'm a living example of that. And I am so thankful for my spouse, for my wife, because our marriage was terrible. I mean, literally, we fought every weekend and then didn't talk for three days and then kissed and made up and fought the next weekend over and over because God wasn't in our lives. And she started going to church because she knew that's what she needed to do. And I got mad. I'm like, I'm leaving. That's it. If you're going to do that, I'm, I'm out of here. And the Lord began to work with me all week long. I came to church that following Sunday. I got born again that Sunday, spirit filled the next Sunday. And our marriage immediately took on a whole new look. And it's because she stood her ground and lived her life. And I saw something in her that's what I needed. Right. That's how you practically live Amen. this out. Right. You can't, you know what? I would encourage you if you go to church and come home and then your husband's not going to church to not tell him how great Pastor Dwayne was or how great Pastor Terry was or whatever and brag because it just hurts his heart that she's listening to some other man. Mm-hmm. I would make him ask and say, oh, you don't want to know about that. And what I have found is they'll put a stirring in that person to want to know. Right. And if she'll take, this is going to sound so bad, but if she'll take care of his physical needs on Sunday, he'll push her to go to church. 
He'll, he'll want her to go to church because she's meeting his needs and she's reflecting the Lord to him in such a way that he's being transformed. He's being changed. Right. He's being drawn in. How many of us are, are serving God today because somebody reflected Christ so well, we said, I, I want that. I, right. I yeah. need that. Right. That's how you change that other person. Right. That's good. That's good. Can we just discuss that for a moment, that concept, that thought, Pastor Terry, in the other way around? We, we often kind of speak about the husband as being the unbeliever yeah. and the husband that needs to have his physical needs met and that'll win him over back to church. Yeah. What about the other way around? What about, what about, hey, husbands who have wives that don't believe? What do you think, Pastor Terry? Well, I think as far as the word, it's not a generic either one. It's, it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Amen. And That's as good. we reflect that, the word talks about that let your light so shine before men or, or women. Very and good. so there's this goodness that draws is, is what people need to see. And if we're, if we're more attuned to instead of statements and we're trying to straighten out, but instead of questions and honest questions, honest questions mean simply you're asking somebody a question you hadn't already filled in the blank. That's right. That's good. <laughs> you know? Right. I, I think that helps. That's I'm just good. asking. I'm just, just That's right. wondering That's good. about. That's good. Uh, I was told um, you ask more questions and you make less statements. Yeah, that's a good much better. Much better than that. Uh, a couple of comments and questions are coming in around being single. Um, how, how can you apply what we've spoken about uh, in two ways? Number one, if I'm single, getting ready to be married. Yeah. And number one, if I'm single and maybe I have been married and now I'm single again and now mm. I've got to start sowing in things of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, and maybe somebody that's just single and is quite happy being single, how can I learn from the scriptural principles of marriage and apply that in, in that kind of environment? Well, that's three three-hour questions right, <laughs> right there. I, I told you they were going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> try to reduce that. Try to reduce that down. Again, the beauty of the Word of God is that it is forever relevant. And even if we're not married, the marriage principles work because what we ought to take to our dating is a fullness of who we are. Right. We shouldn't be looking for somebody to complete us. You ought right. to go into That's marriage good. complete. And the only way you can be complete is if you're walking with the Lord. Amen. You ought to go into marriage having joy already, not looking for the marriage to bring you joy. Right. You should bring joy into the marriage. And the only way you can do that is if you're born again and following after God. Right. So the, the things that we need to be doing is we need to be reflecting the character of Jesus. Right. Because that's what's attractive, quite honestly. Right. That's yeah. what's attractive to people. And so the word of God, I, I love what Pastor Terry said. It's not about gender. The word of God is straight across the board. And right. if we'll live this life out the right way, it will set us up for a great marriage because we're following the word of God and not our own feelings and not our own brokenness that right. somebody else has to right. fix. Only God can do that. So I want to take a jab at the um, I was married and now I'm single because that carries with it a whole nother realm of things where I've been hurt. Um, if you don't watch it, you'll bring that hurt and baggage into the next relationship and you'll hold somebody else accountable for things they haven't even right. done yet. Right. So so the Lord has to heal our hearts. And there's just so much to that because a lot of people, once they go through a divorce, they say, I'll never get married again. I'll never. Well, never is a very long, a long time. Long time. Yeah. And if you've been married, then you obviously do not have the gift of celibacy. So marriage is probably in your future, even though you might can't see it at this point, yeah. but we should be able to learn even from the mistakes that were made so that we don't bring those into the next relationship. Right. That's good. That's good. 
And I think also by the word again, the word says that you are complete in him. Yeah. So if we can just work from that point of I'm complete in the Lord. I'm not trying to get somebody to complete something that I'm missing and I got this huge void. But instead, as a single person, you are complete in the Lord. And so when you present this of yourself, of a complete individual, a complete person versus I'm broken, I need somebody to come fix me and help me. Right. It just presents a whole different world. And I guarantee you that causes an attraction when you're already complete. Right. It's not something that, the other way. Makes Amen. Sense. Good. Amen. Our completeness is found in Jesus. Yes. yes. Um, whether we restoring trust, great question, Annie, as regards restoring trust after infidelity, mm-hmm. that's restored in Jesus. Yes. And in fact, yeah. even to those folk, um, Sierra, you asked that question and a couple other asked that question as regards um, being single. Um, one of the things that I heard in a, in a marriage seminar once is, is if I'm single and I find a couple in my life that have a great marriage, it means that they're great individuals submitted to Jesus. And if I can use them as mentors, mm-hmm. as individuals in my life, yeah. I'm going to learn from their marriage because I'm learning from how they have learned to yeah. work under the direction of Jesus Christ right. to be submitted together. I think I think that's part of the problem in our culture now though, is we're having a hard time finding a great marriage. Right. And so that's why that's why I'm looking at this generation. They're living together because right. they don't want to go through what right. they've seen their parents or their grandparents or whatever go through. And that's that's the wrong answer. Right. Instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you need to be looking for marriages like you said right. that are that are good. One of the one of the benefits for me is when I got saved, I was raised without God. I tell people all the time in humor, I was raised heathen. And so when I got saved, I just read the word and believed what it said. Yeah. But I needed to see some great marriages. And in the church, I found some people who had great marriages. You could tell they honored one another. They respected one another. They laughed. Their children were respectful to them. And I started paying attention to what they were doing, to how they treated one another. I started finding that in the word. That's all they're doing is they're living out out the word. And it helped me to understand this is God's purpose for marriage. This is how God wants a marriage to be. It doesn't matter how many fail. They failed because they didn't appropriate the biblical principles. They didn't respect one another. They forgot to be thankful and grateful. So don't throw out the baby because you've seen marriages that didn't work. Go find some that are and pay attention. We got, I got two questions left. One is a difficult one and one is a relatively easy one. So I'm going to start with the easy one for Pastor Terry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Pastor Terry, um, question on, on what does true submission look like? Um, what is, what does that look like? How do I, how do I submit with the right heart? Um, and what I'm reading into that question from Kelly is that, Hey, maybe I can submit, but I've actually got an ulterior motive. I'm trying to submit to do something to manipulate. Mm. What does true submission look like? And, and how do I do that with the right heart? Well, I think the, the element that really is at the core of submissions is, is the word trust we're talking right. about. And something that helped me years ago is to realize that trust is not an automatic. It's not like a light switch. Right. You flip it on, you flip it off. Right. You know, and if somebody even in, in the, the question about infidelity, uh, well, you just need to start trusting them again. It's not that simple nope. because trust has been broken. It's been violated. Yeah. And so to get trust back, there has to be an earning of that back. And so what does it take to earn trust back? You get trust back, then submission begins to kind of come online for you. So here's the words. It has to be, first of all, it has to be consistent. You're doing something all the time the same way. It needs to be something that you're proving reliability. You really can right. rely on me to do what I said I would do. And then the third one is dependability. 
That's good. Can I even depend upon the word that you're giving me? And so we're working on those parts. And so here one more time, it's an earning of trust. Right. Not a flip, not a off, not a do. Yeah. Yeah. And so first of all, the word says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right. Let's start there. Can we right, trust God? Good. And then yeah. we can trust God and others. That's good. That's really good. That's all right. Great. Are you ready for the hard question, Pastor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an anonymous question. So that should set that's you what up. Let's just say right there. It just sets it up. <laughs> but um, it, it involves intimacy in marriage. Okay. Um, not really a difficult one, but, but how do we get intimacy back into marriage where one of the partners is dead set against it for whatever reason? Yeah. Um, maybe it's been lost because of busyness of schedules, whatever that situation Very is. What, what is what is some things that we can we can start moving towards to make sure that there's that genuine intimacy in marriage? That's so that's so good. And a lot of people really have that question. Mm-hmm. I, I'm grateful that it's anonymous. That actually yes. helps us. Yeah. But but sex and intimacy is God's idea. Right. And man, man couldn't come up with something that good. That's that's God's design. And um, as a pastor and, and helping a lot of people in counseling before marriage, sex is one of those things I actually want to talk about with them because the, all the information they've had before comes from the world. And if, you're, if right. your information about right. what makes a marriage work comes from Oprah and Dr. Phil and Jerry Springer, you're in trouble. Yeah. So we have to go back to original design. Right. And, and the Bible says that we're to, supposed to enjoy the wife of our youth. Uh, again, we're going to challenge people here, and uh, you have to go back and read it in the Word of God. The Bible says that her breasts should satisfy you always. Right. If, if more men knew that was in the Word of God, they, they'd read it more. Right. <laughs> what he was talking about is sexual pleasure. What he was talking about was the joy of intimacy. Right. And when we're talking about intimacy, we're actually addressing two issues. Because God said in the beginning... Man and woman will cleave unto one another. Right. The word cleave is a distinct word. It's one word, but it has two distinct meanings. It means glued to, stuck to, adhere to. It literally mm-hmm. means sex. And the other part means to follow after, to seek in pursuit, to follow, to catch. That's what women call romance. Right. Those two elements are what make intimacy, intimacy. Right. If, uh, if, you're, the, if you're the male and the intimacy has been lost, you've stopped pursuing that's why it's been lost. If if you're the wife and intimacy ha- has stopped, it's because we haven't made sex pleasurable. We've right. complained, we've nagged, whatever it might be. So there's an intentional desire to fulfill the needs of the other. Right. And what I what I because we're creatures of habit, that's one of the quickest ways to ruin intimacy. Is to okay, it's nine o'clock. It's time for you to perform. It, <laughs> There's no intimacy in that. Right. That we do the same thing with God. Right. We come to church and we go, okay, God, it's time for you to move. Right. <laughs> we lose intimacy because we we're we're no longer spontaneous. We're no longer um, seeking new ways. I heard Pastor Dwayne once say one time, if you if you want intimacy back in your relationship, put numbers on the door. And he was talking about a motel. He was talking about it was different. It was something new. And people laughed, but I loved his honesty about we keep things going in our marriage fresh right. because we keep pursuing each right. other. We keep doing new things. We're trying things. We're, we're asking. And one of the hardest conversations you'll have is about what what makes you happy here. Right. Yeah. What makes what 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 strokes you? You know, Dwayne said, and, and I agree, one of the most ways to turn on your wife is to do the dishes. Now. <laughs> He wasn't saying literally that's like the key for it. What he was saying is 
Women love acts of kindness. Women right. love you doing things to bless right. them. Women love you seeking them and pursuing them. If you look at the difference between marriage and dating, it all comes down to this putting the other first. When we were dating, we would come home from work and we were tired, mm-hmm. but she said, I want to go to the movies. Yeah. Okay. Then you get married and you come home. She says, I want to go to the movies. And you go, honey, I'm tired. Right. And that's where she begins to say, he's taking me for granted. Right. Yeah. Part of what I encourage people to do is go back to what they were doing when they were dating because they put the other person's needs first. Right. And that's what made them fall in love with one another. And then for some reason we get married and we stop doing the things that caused us to be drawn to one another. Right. So are you saying then that intimacy is a genuine expression of how we are submitting one to the other? Yes. Okay, that's good. In simplicity. Good. In simplicity. Okay, yes. good. Because, um, you know, we, we can often read that scripture in Ephesians and say, well, husbands can demand respect and honor. Um, yeah. And wives can just demand love. That's yeah. the sum total of it. And that's not what that yeah. scripture is referring no. to, right? If it's demanded, it's no longer love. That's right. right. It's no longer love. And uh, and and I love the I love the Greek translation of of um, that that you know wives honor your husbands. It, it, wives admire your husbands. Yeah, it means to be in awe of. That's right. That's yeah. right. And and you know what? I'm I'm yet to meet the man who who doesn't completely love and adore the woman that admires him yes. and I'm yet to meet the woman that doesn't completely admire the man who loves her loves so intimately. Her. And that's, yeah. that's that submission one to the other, yeah. right? right? Can I say, I talk to men all the time and they say, pastor, I would lay down my life for my wife. And I think to myself, you lying dog, mm-hmm. you won't even go to the movies with her. Yeah. yeah that, that, I don't know. I can feel, <laughs> feel the pain <laughs> of that. Uh, we say we would lay down our life, but, do we really? Right. We lay right. down our life when we meet her needs because yeah. it's not our needs. I don't have a flower need. Right. Right. I don't get up and think, right. oh, my goodness, I would sure love some. My wife does. Right. So I buy flowers and I die to myself when I buy those flowers because I think there's a fishing lure out the window. Right. There's a box of shells <laughs> out the window. But when I take those flowers home, because those flowers are going to live about three days and then dry up and die. And then I got this ugly green vase that I stick underneath the sink. But but when I give her those flowers and I see the face light up, I think, oh yeah, I'm the man. <laughs> and she thinks it too. Yeah. Well, amen. Well, guys, I think that's just absolutely awesome. I think um, we've got a few minutes left. There's, there's a couple of comments I want to share, no questions. Okay. Okay. So uh, Annie um, is, is saying that, um, uh, she says, it's hard when you think about yourself first and Jesus last. Mm. When I was divorced, uh, the first thing I did was forgive my husband um, so that I could be set free. And God awesome. honored that and I've learned so much. Annie, your wisdom is always rich and profound. Thank you so much for being a part of the online experience here today and sharing that wisdom. Uh, then we got another comment. Jesus went to prepare a place for us and we prepare for him. Uh, Jesus and his bride are preparing in the waiting. If our marriage should reflect that marriage, we need to prepare ourselves for each other, not prepare each other for ourselves. Oh, that's so that's good. really good. That's um, good. And that's, uh, that's pretty profound. So, um, I'm going to ask each of you, um, there's obviously a lot of attention on the subject matter. Just if we could ask each of you just to to pray, we'll start with you, Pastor Lee, and maybe you could just pray for some of the things that you believe the Spirit's prompting you that are happening out there right now yeah. that you need to pray for practically. And then, hey, Pastor Terry, we'll turn it over to you, okay. and then we'll wrap up and get ready for the next session. Okay, Very good. Let's start with you, Pastor Lee. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Lord, we didn't plan for an epidemic that forced us to be in the same room together 24-7. But Lord, I thank you that the enemy is trying to make that work against us. But I thank you, Lord God, that you are bringing those situations up and allowing us to work on areas of our life that would help our marriage go to the next level. Father, I thank you for the Spirit of God. Uh, being in us and working in and through us to show us again why we married this individual, Father God, that we were willing to lay down our life for them and that we would be reminded that that husband, that we are to be in awe of him. We're just blown away at his wisdom and his strength and his courage and on and on it goes. And that the husbands will be reminded that she is a good thing, that she's worth 9,000 to him. A thousand will put, a one will put a thousand to flight and two will put 10,000. She's worth 9,000 to him. And Father, I pray that we would begin to call each other what God says we are and then be thankful for them. Lord, if we would just be thankful and get up every day and be thankful for someone who would be willing to put up with our mm. idiosyncrasies and our flaws and our faults, and that we would go back to that dating mindset where we put that other person first and that we truly honor one another as God wants us to honor them and that we would submit to you, Father God, as husbands so that our wives would be willing to submit to us. And that we would love our wives like Christ loved the church. Amen. And so, Father, I thank you that as I love my wife twice as much as I'm asking her to submit, she willingly submits. Give us that God-given love for our spouses again. Give us as a spouse, a female, that honor and respect for our husbands again. And, Lord, I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And, Father, I thank you today also that the reason that people get, get married anyway should be because of love. Yeah. I thank you, Lord, for that. The Word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love never fails. Thank you, Lord, I thank you that as, as people are drawn and attracted and begin, that this could be a, the potential spouse. It could be that my heart's been healed in this single situation. Now I'm opening my heart again to find love again. Lord, I thank you, God, that when that happens, Lord, that, that hearts are being healed. I thank you, Lord, for that needs are being met. But I thank you, Lord, that as we're doing these things, I believe in my heart that it starts first with the decision and then emotions simply attach and reinforce that decision. So we need to pay attention to what's the will going on in us. What are we being drawn to? Mm -hmm. So, Lord, as we're fighting for our marriage, both without and within, Lord, I thank you that we are, are we have the greater one living us and, and living inside of us than he that's within the world. Yeah. So we thank you, Lord, for that strength and thank you, God, for marriages that will not fail, but for marriages that will serve as an as a testimony, as an example to others of what it means to be unified in covenant relationship in that with the Lord and with each other. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastors, thank you so very much. I just want to turn my attention to some of the, the questions that might have come in and thoughts that might have come in. Um, whether or not we get to your question, understand that every single question, every single comment that uh, we think is is viable or, or is is good to be prayed into or be responded to, uh, we might not be able to get it to the panel. We might not be able to answer it here because of time constraints, but know that we have a whole panel of hosts that are, are praying for you, are answering those questions. So, so hey, uh, Kimba, we, we just thank you for your question about your son. Know that the host will be praying about that situation and be praying into that uh, and know that 
that if if that message or that question or that um, um, concern comes up during the rest of the conference, uh, hey, we'll we'll address it then on the panel as soon as we can and get that in. But please don't um, don't stop getting your questions, your your comments coming in. Um, you can just keep those rolling right the way through the day, whether it relates to the subject matter or whether it's something for a little bit later that just pops into your mind. Hey, rather get the comment in than forget about it and, and perhaps miss mm. that answer. We are really, really excited about what's coming up next and what we have um, journeying. Uh, Tim and uh, Tammy Parody are really good friends of ours and have been around the ministry a long time and have proved themselves really faithful in uh, in the subject matter that they're about to discuss with you, namely your finances. One of the mm. incredible things about their ministry is they teach you how to budget away from living paycheck to paycheck. Awesome. And I know that's a problem right now, but hey, let's just get ready, prepare our hearts and our minds for Tim and Tammy as they take us through a process of budgeting and our finances. 